Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Memorial Day. Big shout out to everybody out there uh, who has been in the service, is in the service, or knows somebody in the service uh, for their sacrifices for the freedom that we get, one of those being to do this show, and uh, for all the uh, sacrifices they made throughout history. It is an interesting Memorial Day here. It's, uh, you know, it's Raw starting off with a very, um, you know, Attitude Era-esque type segment with a chair attack and all that. But it's also 90 plus degrees in New York on Memorial Day, which is interesting. And uh, and the Twins have the best record in baseball. Who would have thunk it? Um, but I'm I'm also very, very excited. The Yankees, as Granny probably knows, uh won three out of four against Kansas City this weekend, so I'll take that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Icon, uh, Granny, how's everybody doing? Um, are, are the Twins getting all the buzz up by you, or do people not care about baseball up there yet, Icon? Well, you know, the Twins are definitely getting a big buzz, and uh, as you know, uh, uh, for for those of you who know should know this, that, uh, of course, the Kansas City Royals and the Twins are in the same division, and uh, – the Twins keep winning, and nothing is stopping them, as well as the Invaders keep winning, and the Red Hawks keep winning. So all my teams are actually putting me in the mix uh, this season, so I'm kind of happy about that. Now, so, um, for, for now, is that you say that like – you say it with with an inflection, almost as if that's an unusual thing uh, for you. I, I mean, I, everybody who follows sports in any, any capacity uh, knows about the success of North Dakota State and the Bison, uh, you know, five championships out of the last six years um, on the SCS level. But um, the other Actually, teams you mentioned. Uh, eight, championship, 
it's actually eight, uh, seven championships in eight years, actually. Seven and oh, see, so it's even more than I thought. So um, everyone knows the success about them. But you say it like the other teams, the Invaders and the Red Hawks, aren't as successful usually, and you say it almost as if you're surprised. Well, the uh, the Red Hawks, uh, a team that I uh, I follow religiously, everybody knows that. You know, I usually host a player every season. The Red Hawks you know, have not made the playoffs in several years, and uh, they're actually, uh, they actually, I think they've actually put together a winning combination at this point, so hopefully uh, it will continue, and the Invaders, you know, they have, uh, they have a winning tradition, as we know, because we've had uh, their owner on with us many times, so we'll just got to keep it rolling, but the biggest the biggest thing I'm impressed with is the Twins. They have been down for many, many years, and they're finally starting to get out of their crawl. So uh, let's hope it continues. And, uh, Granny, what about you? How, how was your Memorial Day weekend? Well, I am actually in Kansas. Uh, I oh, got in, okay. my family and I got in yesterday afternoon to see my mom and my brother came down from Tacoma, Washington, and we got to see him today, and we had a nice family lunch together, took some pictures, posted them on Facebook. This is the first time I've gotten to see my brother since my dad passed away and my mom's uh, sister passed away. So um, it's been almost close to 15 years since I've gotten to see my brother. Oh, that's nice. And is I had to laugh because... I had to laugh because my son is like six foot four and my brother oh, wow. is a little bit shorter than me. And he turned around and he looked up. He says, Whoa, Anthony, he says, man, go sit down. You <laughs> but I took a picture of them standing by each other. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, there's quite a bit of height difference there between. Well, how tall are you, brother. Granny? I'm about five, seven. Oh, okay. But so you're, my you're son, not small. My, well, like you're not, you're not well, short. You no. Know, but my son got my got his height from my first husband, not my not okay. the man I'm married to now, but my first husband, because mm. my first husband was six foot seven, so my, that's oh, where wow. my son gets his height from. Yeah, my my second my husband that I'm married to now, he's a little bit shorter than me. He's about five foot five, so you know, I'm a little bit taller than my husband, so you know, but that's okay. So. And we're heading back to Arkansas tomorrow. Matter of fact, I'm sitting here at the motel talking to you guys tonight. So, what what is what is that uh, keyboard clicking? Keep here. It's me typing. It's okay. it's I'll big it on, typing. Yeah, I'll put it on mute when I uh, when I'm going to type. It's just I um I'm doing like a a summary report of of the games and stuff today, and and the Yankees, and when you know when Judge is coming back and all that stuff. And I got to put it up on the app later, so I'm just kind of trying to kill two birds with one stone. And I was okay. trying to type quietly, but <laughs> anyway, I, I guess I guess there is no typing quietly. Also, guys, I wanted to say this, and I thought this was a pretty cool accomplishment. Ever since we changed the name to Attitude Era Live, remember from back in the day, for those of you who've been following us for a while, it has it was off the ropes. There was a you know, I don't want to say a copyright issue, but there there was an issue with, you know, other shows and other pages and things having the same name. So we decided to go with Attitude Era Live since we both 
you know, love the Attitude Era and the show is live every Monday. It's not, this is not pre-recorded. We are all sitting here doing this live. So that's why we went with the name. And um, this episode is episode number 100 since we changed the name. Wow. 100 Mondays. 100 Mondays. So not only is it 100 Mondays, but the Twins are in first place. Granny Hoaxer's in Kansas and has been surviving the weather out there that they've been having. And uh, Raw is actually not too bad tonight. So it's a win-win for everybody here. And you know, Big Swing, I've seen a bunch of my wrestling family members on clips of the at the Usos block party that they're doing. I I've seen several of my wrestling family members there tonight at Raw, you know, so a lot of my friends are in attendance, you know. I would have loved to have gone down to Kansas City, Missouri to the Sprint Center to see Raw tonight, but unfortunately I and our, uh, couldn't our make it. And our first guest we have on tonight will be calling in in the next seven minutes, just to give you guys a heads up on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching the switchboard. Uh, we have uh, Douglas Balsh on with us. We have David Benoit, who was unable oh, yes. to join us last week, but he will join us this week. And we have Byron Cherry from the Dukes of Hazard, a.k.a. Koi Duke. From the Duke Let's see if I – hold on. Let me see if I still have it because I know I added it last week expecting him to come. But let me see Let me see if I still have it. Hang on. Let me see. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, I still have it. Good. Just make it sure. All right. Um, so, so uh, yeah. So he'll be coming on. So uh, he's he's second with us. Yes. Okay. And uh, next week we have a big show as well. Um, for those of you who uh, have not heard of our uh, <clears throat> our guest next week, I'm going to go through that right now. Uh, we're going to have uh, Jeannie Clark on with us. She uh, she was married to uh, an unknown wrestler back in the Attitude Era days. Uh, her ex-husband uh, was an re- uh, unknown wrestler named Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, she's going to join us. Um, and we have also uh, Dylan Devine and Melissa Rose Winchester will be on with us. She'll be the rifle in the room next week. So it will be a good week next week as well. So, everybody, make sure you keep tuning in. And we know we want to – I want to go ahead and send a thank you out to all our fans now. And we know that our fans are paying attention and listening and going to our page because our ratings on our Facebook page is up 300% in followers. So, I try and send you guys that every week of what we're doing in the Internet circle. That's amazing. So, uh, Granny, real quick, um, I know that there's been a lot of pretty shady weather um, out in the Texas area. I have a couple of friends who are in the Dallas, Texas area, um, but I heard that the Midwest in general has been just ravaged with these storms all weekend. Have you run into any uh, bad pressure systems out where you're at? Let's put it this way. I mean, you know, I live in I live in Springdale, Arkansas. Um, we've had uh, a lot of flooding in Oklahoma. We've had tornadoes in Oklahoma. 
Matter of fact, um, pretty much I saw today that um, they have issued every county in the state of Oklahoma under a state of emergency situations. Oh, wow. Because of the flooding being so bad. Matter of fact, SmackDown is supposed to be in Tulsa tomorrow night at the BOK Center. I don't know how that's going to pan out with people being able to get um, in the downtown area to the BOK Center. You know, um, uh, our prayer, our prayers goes out. Um, I know. Fort well, how's Kansas where you're at? Like, has, has Kansas had bad weather? Well, they've had a lot of rain. They've had some flooding. Um, my cousin lives in a little town called Easton, Kansas, and she hasn't been able to get home for the last three days because they have a little creek called Stranger Creek that when we get they get a lot of rain, it always floods. And so she can't even get home to her house. She's happened to stay in town right now. Of course, her mom, which is my aunt, my dad's middle sister, um, they had to take her to the hospital last night down to Kansas City. Um, she's not doing very well. So oh, kind of a sad situation there. But, um, yeah, I, we've, we've had the rain, but um, in Springdale, where I live, um, we haven't had the tornadoes, but we've had tornadoes around us like Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, Joplin, you know, um, lot, lot of well, I know tornadoes. I know a couple of years ago, and Granny, oh, actually, this is more, um, more, uh, more than a couple of years ago, probably. Um, but uh, the Joplin tornado that pretty much leveled the whole city. Yep, yep, yep. Um, now, what's I remember the, what's that. The, so. What's the um. The probability of, uh, like, like okay, where you live, again, I don't really know a lot of the geographical I areas live, and weather I formations. Live, I, live in the, I live in the northwest part of Arkansas. No, I know that. Like, I looked that up. But, I mean, do you guys get tornadoes where you're at or no? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had tornadoes. I mean, they've had tornadoes um, in Winslow and Rudy and Mountainburg, which is just, a little ways away from Fayetteville, Arkansas. So mm. we're talking maybe 30, 40 miles from us, you know, from Springdale. But, yeah, Springdale's had tornadoes in the past. But oh, um, wow. we haven't been – we've been lucky so far. We haven't been hit by a lot of that. We've had rain, but um, not any major well, like, um, flooding We do have now, our so. first guest on with us. I did want to say this is episode number 100. Um, and Baron Corbin just won the match over the Miz, uh, Granny. So I know it's been a great day for you as well, um, with the weather and 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 all that. And Baron Corbin's now going to face Seth Rollins for the Universal Title, so that's going to be fun. Um, but anyways, Icon, we do have our first guest on with us, so I'm going to finish this report real quick. But I will be listening. Uh, I'm going to put them on, and you can do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is combatant one of the evening. He is the big man. He is the main man in any independent wrestling form in the state where he is at in wrestling today. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Douglas Balch. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, this is Douglas Balch, known as the one and only rock star. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing and granny Hulkster. Awesome. Now tell me, Doug, was that not Amazing. the best introduction you've ever had? 
Say that again. I didn't hear you. Well, was that not the best in-ring introduction you've ever had? That's the best out-of-the-ring introduction I've ever had. Oh, awesome. So after we interview the guests, we'd like to have them give us a little background about themselves, and we ask them some questions. So if you want to give us a little background about you, and then we'll talk to you. Well, I go by the gimmick, the one and only rock star, and being a rock star is a thousand girls, a thousand thrills, a million ways to spend my time. And tonight I chose to spend my time on this Memorial Day weekend after giving thanks to all those who served and all those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for this country. I'm proud to be here, and thank you for having the rock star. Now, with the name, the rock star, is that, uh, did that come about because of your great in-ring look, or is that what you wanted to do? And decided to become a well, wrestler. I was, I was a musician long before I was ever a wrestler. So I was actually on a label uh, signed to Big Wig Records, um, was in a band called Mad Yellow Sun for a long time, and was lucky enough to fall into professional wrestling. And because of the fact that I'm not only big, strong, and good-looking, but I also actually have some true athletic ability. I was able to transpose what I did on the stage and what I was able to do with a microphone and transfer it into the ring and use those athletic gifts that I have. So how long were you a rock star and how long have you been in wrestling? I was a rock star for as far back as I can remember, which would be going well over 20 years now. And I've been in wrestling for about 13, so... So your your plan is to uh, be in wrestling at least eight more years to eclipse your rock star tenure. I think that putting a time limit on anything is, uh, you know, it's all it's all up to the rock and roll gods to decide at this point what's going to happen with the rock star. Well, because the rock star is such a great guy and he's got the drive. We know that you're going to be in this business for a long time to come, and we're definitely going to have you on again several times from now uh, until you do retire. But the one thing I'm kind of curious, you know, I I do love the rock star thing. I I love it. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about that, then we'll talk to you about wrestling because, you know, we are a wrestling podcast. We also are entertainment-oriented as well. Did you guys happen to put out any albums or CDs when you were uh, in your band? Uh, we, have, we have a few singles released, and if you went to YouTube and were to look up Mad Yellow Sun, you would see I have a music video with uh, an adult film star, Ron Jeremy. Um, <laughs> this was in the uh, early to mid-2000s where, you know, being, a, being a, a porn star or a rock star, there wasn't a lot of difference as long as you were entertaining, you know? And uh, so I do have some music videos out under the name Mad Yellow Sun and uh, was able to get into wrestling and actually wrestle several legends from the business. Um, Was able to get very close with a lot of members of the NWO, including Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, spent a lot of time with Jake the Snake Roberts, and really got to see another side of the business, the, the pure entertainment side, if you will. You know what I mean? So trying to bring that a little bit of the old school element back into, you know, the new age of wrestling 
a little bit of the showmanship, a little bit of the, uh, you know, the rock and roll, the, the, the rock star agenda, hoping to bring all that back to attain a level of rock star status is what I like to say. Well, you know, and it's really cool how you mentioned, you know, Scott Hall. I'm going to ask you a few more questions, and we'll kind of go around the room here. Now, with hanging out with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and Jake Roberts, you know, they're they're known uh, for being, you know, hellraisers in the business. Now, when you were hanging with them, were they still doing that, or have they pretty much channeled that into uh, being cool, calm, and collected nowadays? I think it will always be a part of them. That that is always how they would be identified as hellraisers, as you said. But at the point where I started spending time with them, they kind of had grown up a little bit, if you will. But at the same time, you know, it's it's not it's more like that Dennis the Menace kind of quality, where you know that it's all in there, and you know their stories, you know, you know everything that's happened. But at this point, you know, obviously, it's a different era now. Everything's under a microscope now. So, you know, and uh, real quick here, I just uh, looked up uh, your uh, your music video there, and uh, I can tell that had to sell a lot of copies. You know, I put out a a CD single uh, several years ago. Uh, yours probably went platinum. Mine went aluminum. <laughs> so, uh, well, at we'll, least uh, it, we'll at least it of... had some metal in it. <laughs> And we'll kind of go around the room here. When you wrestle, would you consider yourself a babyface, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you what the crowd decides that you're going to be that night? I spent the majority of my career as a heel, and it's the first time in my life that I'm kind of looking around and letting the crowd decide what they, what they see when you come out because you can present a certain thing. And your opponent can present a, a certain thing. Now, sometimes you're you're meeting a guy from across the country. You have no idea how he works. You've never met him before. He might have a great look. He might look like a face. He might look like a heel. You don't know until you get out there. So sometimes when when you're when you're working the new age of wrestling, I I believe that you can give what you got and be who you are. But at the same time, the crowd kind of dictates what they see when you come out and it, and it's sometimes it's different each time depending on who you're with or who you're working with out there well that uh that leads me to uh we'll go to granny uh granny you know he mentioned he uh <laughs> he kind of did the heel gimmick so we'll go to you and then i'm going to step away for a little bit then uh, big swing you can ask your question and then we'll come back to me and i'll ask the tough question Okay, well, hello. I'm, I am Granny Holster, and I, I'm not a wrestler, just so you know. I'm I'm just a huge fan of the business, although I've been threatened to have been thrown in the ring a few times here and there, been handcuffed to some managers. But okay. Granny is known very well for giving the heels lots and lots of grief. I can talk some pretty good smack talk hmm. to the heels. I mean, I enjoy the icon, what, yeah. I, what I do, what I do. I mean... So my question to you, what has been one of your most challenging matches you've ever done in your career? That's a great question. I think they're all 
very mm-hmm. challenging. And I think each and every time that I go out there, it's such a, a different experience. So there's individual challenges that you have to overcome each time. And so I don't think I could actually put, you know, a label on the most difficult match because sometimes yeah. I've had matches that I, that started out amazing and they went to the wayside for whatever reason and you got to try to bring it back in. Sometimes you, you, you think you're doing great and the crowd gives you nothing. And sometimes the crowd's popping for everything and you got to, you got to be able to reel them in. So it's really hard to put a, yeah. a label on, on the most difficult one. Very, very good answer. Very good answer. Um, also, yeah. you know, you always hear people. You always hear people say, "Oh, wrestling's fake. Wrestling's fake." Um, I want your opinion about this. Um, I was at a wrestling show one time, and a little boy had a poster, and the poster said, "Wrestling is real. People are fake." What's your opinion about that? I don't think I've ever been fake. Any time I've ever <laughs> been out there, so. I don't know what to tell you. All I know is that every single time I've ever been out there, it's been one of the most real experiences of my life. So that's, that's amazing. All I can say. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. We have, that's uh, awesome. We, we have Doug LaBosch with us. We have about uh, 10 minutes here left with uh, Douglas. Well, actually about 20 minutes left with Douglas. Uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest, Douglas Boss, the rock star? Um, well, just, just, yeah, well, well, just coming back on, um, Granny's point there for a minute, um, I guess, yeah, the, the whole fake aspect, it, it, it's definitely not, I mean, is it, is it scripted? Yes, but is it fake? No, I mean, you guys are still taking bumps, and you're still out there, you know, getting injured and, and doing things, and it does take a toll on your body, but, um, so, so yes, uh, Granny, if I had to give a take on that, I would say that, that no, it, it's, it, it's definitely more real than it is fake but um so oh, I, agree. I guess my question i guess my question for the guest would be what's uh you said you started in the music business but what kind of steered you towards wrestling i mean i know you knew people who were in it and did it and stuff like that but what made you go okay full-fledged i'm gonna go into this and you know kind of put the music on the back burner well i loved it as a kid and okay it was the ultimate battle good versus evil, superheroes versus villains. So what else, you know, it just, it was one of the most amazing things. And I came up in a time where I got to see, you know, Saturday night's main event, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, the Macho Man, the Ultimate Warrior, like these figures were larger than life. And when I had the opportunity to be around some of these people. It was everything that I had imagined it would be as a kid. And imagine, you know, being greener than grass and being in the ring and out comes Jake the Snake Roberts to fight me. And, like, I was hooked. There was nothing else that that I would fall in love with and be as passionate about as like all the nostalgia, all the ideology of good versus evil, entertainment, all wrapped up into one package. Rock and roll, you can put it all together. Wrestling, it, like the bigger the show, the greater it is. So the entire package, I mean, I was addicted 
what could I do? <laughs> I had no choice. Nice. Uh, and so Douglas Ball is our guest here. Uh, we have about uh, 15 minutes here left with you. Uh, do you have another question there, Big Swing? Well, I was going to say, um, in, in the music, do you, do you feel that the music business and doing shows for numerous people um, – you know, doing shows for numerous people on stage and, and having all the pressure of performances and pressure of putting out labels and all this. Do you think that perhaps that gave you the maybe the ability to go out there and perform a little bit better than somebody who's new at it because you're already used to having people watch you? One hundred percent. There is there is nothing. You know, uh, experience is everything. So if you can take your experience and gain more experience with that other opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the ability to be able to speak in front of a crowd, basically cut a promo before I ever even stepped into the ring. And then from there, be able to, you know, articulate and put into words the, the things that you want to say or do even in the ring and having a certain look, having a certain hairstyle and having certain muscles and being able to flaunt it all and still articulate everything in words. I mean, yeah, of course, it, it all, it's all connected. The entertainment business is all connected. Acting, you know, uh, singing, speaking, it's all the same. You know, it's all a show. It's all a work. Do, do you think it helped your mic skills also possibly? All that? Absolutely. Probably yeah. more than anything, the fact that I could speak on a microphone before I even stepped into the ring. So. Nice. Awesome. All right, uh, Douglas Balsh is here with us. We have uh, 15 minutes here left with you. Now, uh, now I'm going to ask you a a couple of, I, I guess, the the heart of the questions are coming up, just to give you a little advance notice. So, first question I have is, you know, every great wrestler has a unique finisher. We want to know what yours is, what it's called, what goes into it, and then we'll see if one of us wants to volunteer to have you practice it on us. <laughs> well, it depends on the situation, and I do have a a finisher, as you call it, but I also like to pay tribute and do a couple of finishing moves as heat spots, uh, you know, uh, as a tribute to some of the greats. Um, Mr. Perfect was one of the all-time greats, and from the the demeanor in which he came out, the confidence, the arrogance, and the overall in-ring ability, I mean, perfection, when you call yourself Mr. Perfect. So, I always, somewhere throughout the match, I'll sneak it in if necessary, I'll get you in a perfect play. Get the perfect bridge in there, just to show that athletic ability just to show what it's like to attain a level of rock star status. That's how I like to say it as a tribute to Mr. Perfect. I also, and I can throw this in anywhere in the match, no matter where I'm at the beginning, the end, the middle, it doesn't matter. The rude awakening, the ravishing one, ravishing Rick rude coming out, giving it your little hip shake and then a quick rude awakening. I like to bring that to the table as well. (sighs) Anytime. That is, that is that, pretty devastating. I, I don't, uh, but I don't think any of us are going to volunteer to take that. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I could try it, but I don't know how successful I'd be coming out of it. 
Uh, Big Swing Granny, you guys um, want to uh, take a shot? Uh, no, thank you. I think I'll pass. Well, there you go, man. Your uh, your move. We haven't seen it you know, live. I'll do it. I, it, it, it'll, be, it'll be good for radio. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> there, there well, we go. got a real trooper on our hands. <laughs> so the next question I have for you, you know, as an independent wrestler, you know, you control your own destiny, really. You know, you can do what you want, go where you want, wrestle where you want, any promotion. But in the WWE, you know, they say you can do this, you can't do this, you go here, you go there, you don't do this, you don't say this, blah, 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 blah. Now, we know that as an independent wrestler, everybody or most every wrestler strives to get there. Two-part question for you. One, is that something that you'd want to do? And if you do sign that million-dollar contract, like we know that you have the ability to do because you're such a great guy, will you not big-time us and still talk to us and still be our friend? Those are the two questions. Well, if I ever had the opportunity to be on top of the world and sign that million-dollar contract, I promise that I would come back to the show and hang there out There you with go. You hey, and by the way, anytime. this is recorded, so we, we don't want to have to take you to court, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, you, so the WWE is something you would, you would like that you would take if you had the opportunity? Well, I think at this point I've probably – am you know okay with the fact that I love being on the indies I love doing what I do if they came calling if the opportunity was there of course but it's not something that I'm going to be upset about if it doesn't happen so if it did I'll be back hanging out with you guys all right well because the the reason why I'm asking is because we we do want you to get there to the WWE so you can take out both Baron Corbin for us and also uh, take out Kevin Owens for us. Fair enough. Now, in your, in your, I'm intimidated in by. Your, <laughs> uh, in your tenure in the business, have you had a chance to uh, win uh, any titles or go after any titles? I have. I have. I'm actually currently the bulletproof champion for One CW in Seaford, Delaware. I'm a four-time. FTW World Heavyweight Champion, a one-time MFW World Heavyweight Champion, and a two-time FTW Tag Team Champion. So I've 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 been around. I've been lucky and fortunate enough to win some titles and have some prestige added to the to the rock star quota. Now the current title you hold. When did you win that? I won that probably, I think it would have been in December, and I currently hold it. It, uh, it includes uh, – it's a, it's a regional title. It includes areas of Pennsylvania, Virginia, Delaware, and Maryland. It's the Delmar title, which is the um, unified title that was the Bulletproof Championship and the Indy Roundup Championship. I actually unified those belts to take on the whole entire area. The next show, I'll be fighting Adam Rose, former WWE superstar, uh, in Seaford, Delaware, on June 8th. You know, and the cool thing is, you know, I had uh, booked you on the show back in December, so you had not won the title yet. So I'm going to go ahead 
I'm going to go ahead and add you to our list because anybody I book on the show, whether they they go for a title after I book them or shortly after I or after they've been on the show, they've always won. So I want to thank you now. We are now 475-0. and 0. Well, I, I thank you because I feel like it's probably because of you guys that I was able to, uh, you know, procure that heavyweight, uh, you know, division title. So now when you, when you wrestle your schedule, uh, are you, do you wrestle a couple times a week, uh, every other week, a couple times a month? What kind of uh, schedule do you try and maintain? When Essentially you're every weekend. Essentially every weekend. Uh, next weekend I'm at FTW in New York City, that's in Queens, New York, against Mike Orlando, phenomenal, phenomenal worker. And uh, so it's essentially every weekend. So So you're going to be in Bank Swings area next weekend? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So if he were to to show up at the venue, could he get on your guest list? He absolutely can be on my guest list. If he wants to link up, he can link up with me. I will get him on the guest list. I will get him full access to the uh, locker room, full backstage access. Press. Wait, so I, found, I just came back into, uh, I just came back, I was leaving to go to the bathroom real quick, and I just heard my name, so I just turned the mic back on. Um, is it going to be near the, near the Albany, New York area? It is in Queens, New York. Oh, okay, so that's New York City, so that's not exactly my neck yeah. of the woods, Icon. It's about two and a half hours south. But... Well, what's the date? I might be able to make it. Passes, I know you'd make the drive, though. Well, Saturday, well yeah, what's the date? Saturday, Saturday, June 1st? 1st. Mm-hmm. In Queens, New York. Um, working Mike up. Orlando. Yeah, okay. that's next Saturday. And uh, I'll get you full, full backstage access. You let me know. That's awesome. So... We have uh, Douglas Balls here. We got about five minutes here left with you. Uh, real quick here, I got to do a couple uh, ego questions here for you because our fans knew these, these were coming. Uh, the first one is the icon that made you a cool collector's card. Send you send that to you on Yahoo or uh, Facebook Messenger. What did you think of that? I was very, uh, I was very excited. Very, you know, kind of uh, Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Excited. That, uh, you know, being from the location that you guys are, that you reached out. So, very, very cool. And then the other question I have is, you know, we got a big uh, December show coming up. Uh, would you be able to send us some autographs for giveaways for our big December show coming up? I absolutely would. And I would get you guys some rock star bracelets to give out to the kids as well. Awesome. And I will send you the address on uh Facebook mentioned whenever you can send them to us, we'd appreciate it. It'd be awesome. So, uh, wrapping up uh, the last uh, three or four minutes here, uh, if our fans wanted to check you out and follow you and keep track of your career before we have you back on again, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe, what do you got? Just type in my name, Douglas Balch, on YouTube or Douglas Balch on Facebook. You'll find me. I look like the rock star. You got to, you know, it's not too hard to find. And with your wrestling style that you have, would you consider yourself a technical wrestler, say like Bret Hart, a high flyer like Ray Mysterio, or would you say that you had that grunty style like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? 
<sighs> I would say I'm like a, a Mr. Perfect type, you know. Uh, old school, I guess it would be the best analogy for me. Old school. So you're more of a technical uh, uh, stomp them in the ground type of guy. With a little bit of a powerhouse quality. So, you know. That a is, very pretty that boy is, powerhouse. Is, I mean, how can you go wrong? Well, you know, with uh, you know, if you got the look and you got the skills, I mean, there's there's no there's nothing that can you know stop you from doing what you're doing. And I'm not exactly a little fellow. Let's not forget, I'm six foot three, two hundred and fifty pounds. So on top of you know the looks and the in ring skills, I'm a sizable opponent. So you know, it kind of all it kind of all works into one one rock star quality, attaining a level of rock star status. I like to say. And when you're training, what kind of training regimen do you have? You are you uh, into cardio? You you do you lift you lift weights? What kind of training regimen do you have? I give it all I can give on a daily basis. Prayers, training, and the vitamins. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I'll tell you, we do appreciate you uh, joining us tonight, and you've been really awesome, and we were glad that you were able to take time out of your schedule to join us, and we definitely appreciate all that you do, and we are going to keep track of you, and we are going to have you on again eventually if we haven't scared you away too much. You've been really awesome, and you've been great, and we do want to say that – on your next match, it's going to be a victory. Your next 20 matches are going to be victories. You're going to be 20 and 0 before you know it. Well, I appreciate that, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. It's been a privilege and an honor. Thank you. Thanks, Douglas. Have a great day. Thanks for being on. Good night. Douglas Bosch, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the man, and the other man, all three men in one guy, Douglas Bosch. Well, that was a that was a pretty cool interview, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, it was. Well, now we're just waiting for our next guest, uh, David Benoit. He will call us shortly, and uh, we'll be watching the switchboard for that. But uh, real quick here, I do want to I do want to uh, take time out myself to uh, say. Uh, a special thank you to all the veterans that have served our country, that have paid the ultimate price so that we can be free, <clears throat> whether it be World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, the Gulf War, the current uh, happenings around the world protecting us. You are the reason why we are free, and we all know that freedom is not free, and you're the reason why we can live like we do because you defend us, and we want to thank every single serviceman and woman, past, present, and future, for all you do to keep us safe. Yes, we do. Thank you. Now, did uh, while we're waiting for our next guest, uh, did, now, have any of you uh, had any... Uh, Relatives that served, myself, my father served in the Army and the uh, Air Guard. My uh, uncles, uh, Clayton and Dwayne, they served during the Korean conflict. And 
you know, I learned at a young age that Memorial Day is not an extra day at the lake. It's a day to remember those that have served our country. That's what Memorial Day really is. And there's a lot of people that have the meaning of today backwards. It's not an extra day. They get, they get, they get, they get Veterans Day confused with Memorial Day and everything like that. But my dad served, my grandfather served, my brother served. Um, I've had uncles that have served in the military. So. Yeah, I, um, I I wouldn't be who I am if it wouldn't have been for my father. Uh, I made it back. So. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to be able to do that, Icon. Just um, keep, me, keep me posted with his info, um, and I'll let you know if I can make it. Again, it is in Queens, so it's kind of far away um, for such short notice. But, again, uh, keep me posted, and I'll I'll keep you posted. That's. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely do that. So, so while we're waiting for uh, our next guest here, you know, it's, uh, you know, we almost had full takeover of Cut the Promo podcast last night. Yeah, I wish I could have made it. I had a work emergency. If, I mean, if you would have been on, I, I, I think we would have been able to take the show over for the full time it was on, but, uh, uh, Doug Masters called in, and uh, yes, he did. Well, you can always take it over. So, I mean, you know, for example, sometimes I, I think it's a strategy thing. So sometimes, you know, you let him have his show, and shows coming back, you know, for the first time, you know, in a while, because you know Jordan's had other obligations and things that he couldn't have, you know, couldn't make the show. But you know, you let him have it a couple weeks. You let him get confident with it, and then we can go on and take it over once he's confident, really. You know, crush his spirit a little bit. You know. Well, that is that is our plan. He just doesn't know that that's what our plan is. But it's well, if he's listening, he knows. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. You know. So beware. Anyway. So. Uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately uh, an update. The twins did lose today. Uh, they lost five to four. Uh, and the Red Hawks were behind the last time I checked. So, and uh, this coming weekend, I go all the way to Hudson, Wisconsin with the Invaders. And we should make it 4-0. and We uh, we really haven't uh, had a tough opponent yet. But uh, our last opponent did try and run up the score. They scored 14 points on us, which has not happened in the previous two games before that. So, We'll see, I guess. Well, Icon, uh, another thing, I mean, maybe I jinxed them a little bit, you know, when I said that, you know, they have the best record in baseball, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But um, for for you, I would say, I mean, obviously we know you're a gigantic Bison fan, possibly, possibly even the biggest Bison fan that, I, well, definitely the biggest that I know, but possibly one of the biggest Bison fan fans out there. But where do the other sports rank for you and the other teams? I mean, take take North Dakota State out of it for a minute because we know that they're going to have the majority of your passion. Where where do the other teams rank in terms of your fandom? As far as, like, the Twins and the Vikings and all that? Yeah. 
Well, uh, everybody knows that uh, I am a uh, I am a I am a diehard Vikings fan. I don't miss any games on Sunday. The the Twins. I mean, I you know I'll watch him, but I don't scold myself if I if I miss a game or two. The well, they've, uh, they've only got a hundred and sixty something of them. So, but yeah. Yeah, the, the the Timberwolves are wild. You know, I support them, but I'm not as passionate as them. So I guess we'd have to go Bison, Vikings, Red Hawks, Invaders, Twins, Wild, Timberwolves, and then anything else I get into after that. Are you going to any Vikings games this year? Well, the plan is, and I know that will be my – father and my fiance will be listening to this when we take a road trip in August. So uh, as they're listening now, it would be uh, August 9th today as they're listening. Uh, I do plan on getting my fiance a trip to see the Minnesota Vikings sometime. Oh, wow. Uh, Is she a Vikings fan also? Oh, she's a diehard Viking fan like myself. Okay. No, as a matter of fact, she and I met on vikingsingles.com. So, oh, they have one of those? What? Yeah. 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 It's, it's a local thing wow. in Minnesota, North Dakota. Yeah. Huh. So. Do you think that if North Dakota had a professional team, obviously that would take precedence over, over the Minneapolis teams? Probably, you know. Uh but, look, think about this, though. If uh, North Dakota got a professional football team, then Green Bay would want one. Oh, wow. wow. You see, Green Bay has actually been decent. I, I think that would be more uh, – Detroit would be more uh, adequate in that regard. Well, think about this, though. What's worse, though, being a Detroit Lions fan or being a Cleveland Browns fan? Well, the Browns are going to be really good this year. The Browns are really looking up right now. They just got Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. Obviously, Baker Mayfield's a baller. They've really um, got that defense going. I, I think the Browns are going to be pretty good. Um, and, and, you know, what I, I also feel, and I, I had talked about this on my sports show. Uh, we didn't have a show today because it was Memorial Day, but talked about it a little bit on Friday on my show. In fact, I even played this clip, um, something that you're going to be hearing a lot this season, I have a feeling just because of the newly formed roster uh, and, and, you know, good old Antonio Brown. Touchdown Raiders! And, and, you know, hearing that just makes Granny weak in the knees. But I honestly feel like they're going to be pretty good as well in that division. So I think it's going to be an interesting football season. Can't wait for it. Obviously, my Cowboys uh, are, are looking to win the East again. Um, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully all that, all that pans out and I, you know, I, I think it'd be cool to have all of our teams be good. I think it would be, you know, uh, in, in the winter time, I think to have it be as much as I love to give granny grief about the Raiders, I think it would be fun for it to be the chiefs in the Super Bowl against either our, you know, our teams, the Vikings or the Cowboys, I think, uh, there could be some some pretty interesting wagers and things placed, you know, on those kind of games. But so. you're not the only one that gives me grief about the Raiders. B Train does it all the time when I help him on oh, his show he? on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, but does he have the official touchdown radio clip? 
Oh, I'm sure he probably does, but I mean, I'm sure he you know, find he it just never way. played it on his show. But he 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 said when he introduces me, he always says that I am the president of the Arkansas Raider Nation fan club, and because somebody Ooh. in Northwest Arkansas had posted a picture on Facebook of a Raiders flag. And of course, he sent it to me, you know, on Facebook, knowing that I'm I'm not the Raiders fan, you know, like, you yeah, know, I, I love my Chiefs, and I will always love my Chiefs, and I will always bleed red and gold, you know, for my Chiefs, you know, all year long, no matter what, you know, so, <laughs> until the day I die, but, you know, and the same way with my Royals, I will, you know. I love my Royals too, so you know, and um, I hear you. I hear but you. But that's just the way. Well, it, know, that's just the way it is. The Royals, you know, so. mentioned this weather that's going on in the Midwest right now. Um, the Yankee game, the first game of the series, they had to play a doubleheader one of the days because one of the games against the Royals was actually, you know, it was actually rained out, and I know that they they had mm. some pretty uh, terrible weather in the in the Kansas City area as well. <clears throat> yep, they did. So, okay, sure anyway, when is uh, Mr. Benoit calling in? Do you have any clue on that? Uh, well, I, I've been uh, I've been telling him when to call in, and uh, hopefully soon. If not, we'll just have to move on. But uh, you know, um, I've told him several times on what time to call in. I even get I even give him countdown. So you know, nice. Well, that's all right. We'll, we'll we'll take it when it comes. Um, so, in terms of this super show uh, next Friday, uh, do you guys feel like this is WWE just like grasping for straws, trying to get you know another extra pay per view squeezed in there to try to boost ratings? Or I, I I mean, what's what's the whole purpose of this? They're going kind of off schedule. I mean, usually pay per views are every four you know weeks, every you know fourth Sunday. There's a pay-per-view. Uh, this is kind of in between two of them. Um, is this, this going to be... The main event is Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Seriously? Yeah. Is that the main event? That is the main event. Wow. Okay, because I knew that that was going to be a match. I didn't know it was going to be the main event. Wow. Well, it's rumored to be the main event. I could be wrong, but... I mean, I guess for somebody who's, you know, a total mark, um, that would be great. You know, obviously the arguably the top superstar of all time um, in WCW uh, versus, you know, one of the top legends ever in WWE, uh, you know, going at it. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, the, those two, if the, if the Goldberg-Undertaker match is anything like the, the Sting Undertaker match, uh, I, I just don't know if it's worthy for uh, of a pay-per-view main event. I mean, that, that's a little, that's a little, uh, little much for me. I mean, it, it's like the geriatric convention, you know? It's crazy. I know it's awesome, though, isn't it? Though that uh, they keep insulting uh, our intelligence and fans still watch the stuff. I mean, I, I like. I'm well, gonna. I'm gonna I'm going to start. Fans aren't watching as much. Their ratings are the lowest they've ever been in company history. So they're not really watching as much. Well, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm looking at it like this. They, uh, they're, uh, 
they're either going to uh, start shaping up or, I mean, we'll still talk about the WWE. However, the new wrestling organization is, is, is going to be a lot better. I mean, they just got Jim Ross, you know? What well, is that? He, is he going to be an announcer or is he just running the talent? Well, no, I think he's going to be an announcer too, isn't he? I, I don't I know. I haven't he heard him. Com- I thought he was going to be commentating too, but I mean, I could be wrong, but. Hmm. Well, that would be amazing. I mean, just based on what I've heard regarding uh, AEW. Um, and their opening, you know, their opening show and, and the main event, you know, with Chris Jericho and, and all that, um, I, I heard for anybody who's an Attitude Era fan, uh, it, it was something that, um, that, that is going to be pretty awesome. I mean, it's bringing back, you know, it's bringing back a lot of nostalgia from the days that we all know and love. So that's kind of, that, that's kind of something that I'm excited for. Did you guys have an event? I didn't get to see it, but I mean, I've seen different clips of it and heard a lot of feedback about it, you know, and everything. So I know they hmm. they posted a clip of um, Cody and Dustin talking to each other after their match, you know, that they had, and Dustin was pretty well <laughs> covered in blood. I mean, from that match. I mean, it was. From what I heard, it was a pretty amazing match. Yeah, it was pretty brutal, too, you know. Yeah, it was. It was very brutal, so. Which is awesome, because I haven't seen a quote-unquote brutal match uh, in, in quite some time. Um, so, I mean, honestly, the zigzag that we saw today from Dolph Ziggler, where he hit the zigzag on the steps on Kofi Kingston, was probably the most brutal thing I've seen in years in the WWE. Well, what about the Batista Triple H match? So that was yeah, but that that's pay per view. I'm talking about on actual shows. Oh, okay. True, true. I guess yeah. But I I mean, picture Jim Ross. I I mean Jim. I mean Jim Ross. Getting back into it would single handedly be the reason that I would watch it. I mean, honestly. Jim Ross is absolutely amazing. Um, just to have and, and just to fill some time, um, thinking about Jim Ross back in the day um, just makes just, just just makes it you know makes it that much better for me. Uh, something like this. No, not that. Excuse me. Something like where the hell is it? Eh, I can't find it at the moment, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll grab it here in a minute if I can find it. There's so many because I have all the sports clips on here and stuff as well, so it's hard for me to find all all of them. Uh, oh my God! And now Austin is ready for Angle to stand up. He's waiting for it. He's matching him up. It could be Stone Cold Stunner time. Be careful, Kurt! He's gonna stun you. Angle's out of it. Now look! Angle blocks Austin. No, Austin counters Angle. Look at this! Wait a minute! That's Triple H! What the hell? Austin has Triple H! 
So basically, you get the gist. That that is, I mean, amazing. I mean, you could have you could have you know two people in a nursing home using their walkers to have a race to see who go, gets to go first, and Jim Ross could make it interesting. So if he, if his commentary, I know he's older now, and I know he has some health issues, but if Jim Ross could make AEW's commentary or, or broadcast or anything sound anything like that, WWE might be in trouble because now, now don't get me wrong. Triple H, Kurt Angle, and Stone Cold were the three biggest stars in the world at that time. Uh, so obviously you've got to play up a match like that. But, you know, AEW is not short on talent. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Dean Ambrose is going over. They've got Cody Rhodes. Chris Jericho is involved in it. I mean, they've got some big games. So uh, WWE may be in some trouble. If, if, if the, I'm going to look it up, and if the Jim Ross thing doing commentary uh, is legit, uh, Michael Cole and them, they, they may be in some trouble. I mean, do you guys well, think you know, so? the other thing is, uh, uh, and this is, I do believe this is true, that the guy that owns this new wrestling organization also owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Have you guys heard that? Hmm. I did. I no. heard that. I, I heard I, I I heard that. So I have not. And and weirdly enough, I I, I should know things like that, but I, I didn't hear that. But that's awesome too. Yeah, uh, uh I cannot remember what his name is, but uh it's like uh it's like Shahid or something like that. Who the the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, I can't. I don't know. I don't want to mispronounce it, but I think it's Shahid Khan. Yeah, that's it. Shahid Khan. That's what it is. Yep. That's yeah. Him. So what? So what about him? Yeah, he owns this new wrestling organization. Yeah, which is awesome, by the way, because I mean the Jag, I mean the Jaguars have a pool in their stadium. Like, like a full, huge, like water park-sized pool, so you can just like float in the pool and watch the game. And like it's, it's they've got a lot of cool stuff in Jacksonville. So I'm not surprised. He's a very progressive owner who has a lot of money. So not, uh, not surprised. Well, you know, I'll tell you. I'm hoping that they do give the WWE a run for their money. And the reason why I say that is it. The last time that the WWE had anybody give a run for their money, it caused them to improve their product, and that was WCW during the uh, during the Monday Night Wars. So, or, or they could go the other way with it. And when I say the other way, they could do what they did to TNA and basically shut them down. I mean, TNA is on you know, Destination America or something like that. They're not even on regular cable stations. Uh, because of, you know, that whole rumor that Triple H was finding out what venues uh, Impact Wrestling was going to and putting a, a deposit down larger than they could afford to hold the arena so that they couldn't go there, that kind of thing. So, I mean, they have they have definitely been uh, – they felt the pressure and they've stepped up their product, but they've also felt the pressure and shut down their competition as well. So it's really – you know, it's really kind of, um, and it kind of could go either way, depending on how they feel they want to play it. But obviously, I hope it's option one, and I hope that they, you know, they step up their competition. 
Well, I'm with you on that. How about you, Granny? Well, uh, what do you hope they do? Well, yeah, yeah. I would like. I mean, you know, I I'm kind of thinking that AEW is going to give WWE a run for their money. You know, just because of all the superstars that went to AEW that used to be a part of WWE. You know, I I I think WWE better open their eyes and look and see what's going on because, you know, I they may be you know, and like you said, if Jim Ross is becomes a part of their commentating team, they may be they may need to well, be well, who's, who's going to be with him though? Because I mean, obviously Jim Ross and the King were the two, you know, were the two big ones. Um, but 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 Jim Ross even Jim Ross even elevated Michael Cole. I mean, if you listen to you oh, know, yeah. times when, when when the King had his whole walkout thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, King had his whole walkout thing that he did. Uh, Michael Cole and Jim Ross were on there for a while, and Jim uh, and that was the best I've ever heard Michael Cole sound. So oh yeah, it, it really kind of it really kind of depends on who it is though. I mean, I'll watch it and listen to it simply for. Jim Ross, um, but you know, but I, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want him to be with some scrub. Well, well you know, true. here's the other thing. Uh, and let me ask you guys this: What do we? Uh, you, we all have the WWE Network. I'm assuming. Yes. What do you guys? What do we pay a month for the WWE Network? Nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, nine ninety nine, I believe. You know what uh, AEW is charging for their pay-per-views? What? Fifty dollars. Ninety-nine. Uh, fifty bucks. Forty-nine ninety-nine. Oh, so well, okay, but but are they just pay-per-views right now, or are they? Can, can you go on and find them on regular TV? Because remember, if you had a specific cable package, you could watch companies like Lucha Underground and things like that on television also if you had the right packages. Are they going to have an actual cable station? Well, well I uh, heard they were going to be on TNT. Right, TNT, and they're, they're doing pay-per-views. Their first pay-per-view is uh, in, what is it, two weeks? In, no, uh, they, had one, they had one double or nothing. They had one, what was it, yesterday or the day before, yes, double or nothing? They did, yeah, but, but I think Double or people, Nothing was their first, people aren't was their first pay per view. Yeah, but people aren't going to pay forty four, you know, whatever ninety nine each time just to see it if they can get WWE for free. I mean, don't get me wrong, people love you know the competition there, but they you know they they're not going to people are all about discounts. And they're not going to. I mean, if they, if WWE, for the most part, their pay per views are free for all intents and purposes. So, um, you, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know if they can have a cable thing and they can, you know, if they have an actual show with stations and, you know, build up to these pay per views, they might get people to pay them. But if they're just doing pay per views, I, I don't know how long it's going to last for them. Right, but they're saying it's going to be That's fifty true. bucks with it. Hmm. Although you know, though, if they give you 
bang for your buck, you know, if they give you, um, if they give you, you know, a decent product for that, uh, you know, they they may they may be they may be all right. It just, I mean, because I would justify saying that uh, if I was watching it and going, oh my god, like that is fantastic. You know, but if I'm spending that and they don't deliver, I'm probably not going to spend it again. So that's that's really the difference. Right, right. So, uh, well, I mean, what about you guys? I mean, do you do you feel like would you would you spend that money if like okay, so let's say you know the the pay per views are are somewhat decent. Okay, I mean, are you are you going to completely turn your turn yourself away from WWE for the time being to just watch them and spend fifty bucks a pop each time? I, I mean, I mean, well, I, I, mean I, 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 I couldn't afford fifty dollars each time. I mean, I couldn't afford fifty dollars each time just because of the fact that, um, it, you know, I couldn't afford that kind of money each time. I mean, I might pay to watch it once and see what happens, but I don't know if I would pay, you know, every time. I mean, because I, I just can't afford that. It, My income won't allow me you, to, to do that. Would you go, wow? You know what I'm saying? Like, would you would you potentially yeah, it do would, it? Like, it, would ha- it, 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 would, it would have to make me go, wow, before I would think about doing it again. I mean, but I love my wrestling, too, but, you know, I mean, but I don't know, you know, I'm just going to have to wait and see how it pans out. And so, yeah, I, I don't think I would, I, you know, I, I'm happy paying nine ninety nine a month, uh, but, you know. Well, you know, I think AEW, what they may do is they may have a couple pay-per-views at that price, and if they start getting popularity, uh, they may, you know, um, they, they may. I, I mean, they may very well go to a 9.99. Like, if they get big enough and they get the funding, they could. I, it's pretty cheap to get a streaming service. They could probably find a streaming service, or they could put themselves on Netflix. They could put themselves on any of that. But I can We do have a caller in right now, and I will. Uh, I will let you do your thing here. Um, not sure which one of the guests. It starts with a four three one number. Four three one. Correct. Canada. Okay. No, that's so, Jordan Garber. Oh, it's Jordan Garber. I do believe. Oh, Possibly. So he said he was going to try to call in. I can leave him on hold for a little bit. No, I won't. I'll put him we on. Are- who, who is this? Is this Jordan? You better believe it is. Yeah. You guys going to try to put me on hold. I were going to fucking call center. I put people on hold all day. So it's great to be uh-huh. here. Well, but no, at least um, you can admit it. You know, that's I, I can true. admit it. I, I, have, I have the dream job. What can I say? <laughs> but, you know. So, Jordan, uh, how'd, you, how'd your show go? I was going to call in and talk to you for a little bit, but I had an emergency situation at work that I, I got called in. I had to handle handle some business, so I didn't get the chance to call in and talk to you. But how'd that all go? Dude, man, like our ratings yesterday 
We did really good. We had a lot of good guests. And I have to thank Icon as well because he brought on Doug Masters. And from there on, we had good chemistry talking about kind of like the old Southern style of professional wrestling from the 70s and 80s and hearing some stories and perspectives from some of the best in the business. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. You kind of look back to when I was like 14 starting this and now I kind of see getting shows on AM, FM radio and generating more of a response each and every time with more media attention. Uh, it's great. You can just Google my name now and you'll, you'll be able to find these articles. And each time you look at these articles and all these shows, it kind of reminds you of like a, a story is associated with each one. That's why I really love it. And my goal is just to keep doing what I love and to travel the world doing it. Well, you know, you, uh, you let us pitch our show la- uh, yesterday. So uh, who you got coming up uh, this coming Sunday? Well, yeah, that, that is true. You you guys did call in, and you guys did invade my show yesterday, and you guys were dicks about it. But I'll tell you what, I tell you guys straight, because I'm Gordon Garber, and I'm one of the best in the world at what I do, and that's uh, wrestling, podcasting, and journalism. And like I said, pound for pound, if Dave Meltzer, who is the number one wrestling journalist in the world, because he had an opportunity to, unlike me, but uh, if Dave Meltzer put in a top 100 uh, wrestling podcasters of all time, I definitely believe that I would be up there uh, in, like, at least 80 or 90 at the very least because I feel that with the volume of shows I'm being on, but just not with the volume, but with the quality, uh, confidence is a big thing, and uh, it's always been in my uh, favor, at least in the business that is. Refereeing, being in the ring as a worker and a performer and a referee, a little bit of a different story, but podcasting and media is my game, and it's my uh, time to shine, and... uh, the, the news outlets showed that before recently by showcasing the interviews I've done. So it's an honor and a privilege. You know, uh, there's also uh, one thing that uh, uh, you should let people know that in uh, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, uh, yeah. you have a yeah, return guest coming up. I'm a piece of at work. We'll, we'll announce oh, okay. Deb Gardner, but uh, we'll, we won't tell anyone what Deb Gardner does. We'll keep that on the lay low, but that will be on my well, Twitter at Jordan You guys can but, stay up to date and uh, figure out uh, from there and figure out the puzzle. I, I had a problem with that garden yesterday on my program, and I'll tell you why. It's because you guys went on my program, and you guys are supposed to talk about the thing we all know and love, and that's pro wrestling. And instead, you're talking about cheeseburgers and stupidity. And I'm here to make headlines. I'm here to have one of the best wrestling podcasts in the world. And you guys didn't seem like you're on the same page, but I'm going to personally invite Deb Gardner, Miss Deb Gardner, to my show, and I'm going to teach her the ropes, the Jordan Garber way, of what a good podcast is like and what a real man, obviously, is like. And uh, Deb, considering that a challenge, I'm more than happy to invite you on my show because I'm the match. I'm the match that is going to, you know, blow the world away. Well, there you go. Any huh. other questions, guys? Well, I wa- we do have a, a caller coming on. You're welcome to stay on with us if you want to uh, ask him some questions as well. It's it's one of our I guests. That's, uh... I, I, appreciate, okay. I appreciate the offer. I just was happy to make an appearance because I've been on a lot of podcasts. It's just great to get on more and more and talk to some uh, great people. So, um, nice, I nice. Well, I do want to call in next Sunday because I do want to ask you a yep. little bit about this AEW thing. Uh, and I want to yep. talk a little bit about AEW, AEW and, and AEW. 
Before yeah, well, I go, and if you're going to give my Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I already do follow it, but I want to, you know, on air, get, you know, have a discussion about them, and if you're going to give WWE a run. But um, let's do this. And Jordan, thank you for, for calling in and stopping in. And feel free to listen to the rest of the show if you'd like, if, if you've got us on your phone or whatever social media platform you are listening to us on right now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, right. I'll be in touch with you on Sunday. Not a problem. I appreciate the affiliation, and uh, let's uh, blow this up. Feature the shows that you do are great, and the shows that I do are great. So uh, we're going to work as a cohesive unit and reach for the stars. You guys have a good night, and follow me on Twitter at Jordan J Garber. Jordan J Garber, follow him on Twitter. Get your phones out right now. Uh, Icon, I'm going to step aside, let you do your thing. Is an 805 number, so I'm going to uh, allow you to give your energy. And you know who it is when I say the area code, right? Yep, right. Okay, I'm going to let you do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, this man is who we all inspire to be when it comes to driving great, hot cars. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our favorite Duke. Ladies and gentlemen, Byron Cherry. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I didn't know if that was a recording or what, but I think it's a human. Is it a human? It is. It is. Hey, you know, the first question I got to ask you, uh, how many times did you get to jump the car? Oh, you you know, you know what? Wait a minute. Pause. I got to do my lead in. Listen to this. Okay. I got to think about what I'm doing. I'm in California. Um, I've had a crazy day. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. It's been awesome, and and, and I just got to say this. Hey, this is Byron Cherry, Corey Duke from the Duke Side Hazard. You're listening to Attitude Era Live with the icon, the big swing, and Granny Huckster. <laughs> is that right? How to do Huckster. It's actually pronounced Hulkster, but I'll, yeah, Hulkster, yeah, so I forgive you for that. (laughs) Did I do good? Yeah, that was pretty I think that's pretty damn good. I think I should get a job on the radio. (laughs) Well, we got, uh, we got Byron Cherry here. We got 45 minutes here with you. Now, we're, we're gonna, uh, we'll let you talk about what you're doing currently in your career, but we all, we, our emails inbox has been flooded over the last month since I announced that you were going to be on, and we're hoping that you'd be one to answer some of the fan questions. Absolutely. Well, that's why I'm here. I'm here, I'm here for you and, and the fans, and I've been looking forward to this. And, um, hey, I got the day off. I got all day. What, <laughs> let's talk. Let's go. <laughs> so my first question is, how many times did you get to jump the general league? Not even. I know that's going to, like, some people are going to, be disappointed, but not even one time. <laughs> they well, well, you, they let, well, you just ruined hey, my childhood. They let the stunt guys do all the all the hard work for us. They, the stunt guys actually made us look really good. You know, they did. I just got back from uh, Louisiana. I was doing a, um, a show called with John John Snyder, uh, Bo's Extravaganza, and it's in Louisiana. He has a film studio there. And he actually jumped the first Duke boy that ever jumped a General Lee. 
And I'm telling you, probably it's, it's all over YouTube and all over social media, but I'm thinking he went, I'm not sure the exact footage, but it had to be 80, 90 feet in the air. And he, wow. he jumped at the year, he jumped at the year before, but, and, and then he looked at me and goes, he does this show once a year in Louisiana. And he goes, Byron, guess what? Next year you're doing it. <laughs> I'm like, Dude, I'm 64 years old. I can't do that. He goes, no, you're doing it. I said, okay, I'll do it. So I might be jumping this year. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you what. I'm not saying this just because you're on the air, but you do not look like you're in your 60s. You still look like you're in your 20s to us. Yeah, well, well thank you. I do a lot of push-ups. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what. I got we'll kids. Go my kids keep me young. Sorry? I'm sorry. Well, I'll tell you what. what you say? around the room here in a sec. I, I'm going to ask you a few questions, then we'll have uh, everybody else partake here. But uh, when you first uh, got the role, as uh, they they called you guys the replacement Dukes or the other guys. Now, right. we know that uh, they didn't know that uh, John Schneider and Tom Opat were going to hold out like they did, so I'm sure they already had some scripts written at the start of the show. But when they found out that they weren't going to be there and you guys were in, did they change the scripts, the coin vans, did they keep it Bo, Bo and Luke, or how did they do that? No, they basically just gave – Warner Brothers took off the, the name of the same scripts they would have done if they were on the show. And they, they took the whitey and whited out Bo and Luke. They, they uh, typed in coin, <laughs> coin vans, and that was it. I'm telling you, that was it. And – and all the talk about, oh, they wanted us to be like them and look like them and act like them, that was all a bunch of bull baloney. You know, I just I just played myself. I, was, I mean, I am a southern boy, and, and it's funny because John, I think I talked to you guys before, um, gave you a little history before, several months ago, and, you know, John and I used to have the same agent, and, you know, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and, uh, you know, I was up for the uh, – I was up for the show originally as Bo Duke, and he wasn't. He was absolutely not. He was 18. He lied about his age. They didn't want to see him. Um, he said he was 23. You had to be 23 or something. I don't know. And uh, I was 23. So there was five guys in Atlanta, Georgia, up for this role as Bo. And I was in that pile of five. John Snyder wasn't. And John and I. I'm not my, I'm not talking about saying anything bad about him. I love the guy, but we were we were great friends, and we had the same agent, and we used to always kid about each other. Oh, you get you got that audition. Oh, you got that commercial. Oh, you didn't get it. Oh, you got it. And so we're always just kid, you know every audition I went to before way before Dukes of Hazard, John was there, and he he would see me and he goes, Oh God, Byron's there. I'm going. Oh, John's there. One of us gonna hopefully one of us get it. You know. So we became friends that way, you know, and the, because of auditions and stuff. And then, um, and it just kind of went up from there. Then uh, Dukes came up, and he he I was up for it. He wasn't, but I'm unfortunately I missed the audition. I was in a training to be a flight attendant in Miami, Florida. I was there for seven weeks, and when Warner Brothers came to cast, um, John, he's a smart guy. He's not he's not stupid. He's an actor. An actor, you got to do what you got to do as an actor. I'm telling. you. For all you people out there who want to be actors and musicians and, and go to Hollywood and, and have a dream, you know, follow that dream. Go for it. And John, that's what he did. He went for it. He showed up with a six-pack of beer 
threw it on the table. He wasn't even up for the audition. Crashed the audition, slammed the door open, walked right past the receptionist and said, hey, I'm Bo Duke, and, and I'm telling you, I'm proud of that boy. He nailed it, and he got the audition. So I'm in Miami going, you know, talking to the same agent John has and going, wait, would, aren't they coming to audition me down here in Miami, Florida? And they're like, no. Uh, they they uh, well they got John on. He's in Hollywood now doing a screen test, and I started laughing. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, they didn't even want to see him. What are you talking about? So, um, sure enough, I actually called John. I said, John, where are you? He goes, I'm in Hollywood. But I'm doing I'm doing an audition, a screen test for for the show Dukes of Hazard. I went, what? So he ended up getting it, of course. And then that's when you know later on, four years later. You know, they recast the show when they walked, and uh, they actually asked for me, you know, what, what happened to that Byron Cherry guy? We want to audition him. And then, okay, that audition, I'm like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am not going to miss that audition. I missed the first one. I'm not missing the second one. So I showed up, I nailed it, and I got it. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> Uh, Byron Cherry's our guest. We've got about 25 minutes here left with you. I, uh, I'm going to ask one more question, and we'll kind of go around the room here. Uh, this ex- question actually comes from a fan, and the uh, email address or the handle is Byron Cherry for President 2020. And he asks, what is it like sitting in the same vehicle as Daisy Duke? All I can say is, uh, yee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I wish uh, we weren't cousins sometimes. I wish we weren't cousins. You know, I'm always saying, everybody, I, to this day, people go, did you ever date her? Did you ever go out with her? Did you ever kiss her in the general lean? And I have to say, nah, not really. Sorry, it just didn't happen. <laughs> no, well, you know, I, I, now, if she would have been your second cousin, I think it would have been illegal, I think. Yeah, second cousin, yeah. No, she's awesome. She's. Uh, I just worked with her about a month ago in Bakersfield, and She's just such a sweet, cool, cool girl. I love her to death. And uh, she lives about an hour from me. And we stay in touch to this day. We, you know, we It's amazing. The cast literally stays in touch with each other. And, you know, we do shows together, you know. And, uh, so, um, okay, next question. <laughs> Any more questions? And uh, <laughs> real quick here, then we'll let Granny ask a question. We'll go to Big Swing. But what would, uh, what would you charge me to have you uh, hook me up with some of the other cast members? I well, <laughs> what would I charge you? Yeah. Oh, would, would I? Yeah, I can't. I'm not like I don't manage them or anything. But you'd have to talk to them. Um, I like every cast member has. We do like appearance fees year round, and everybody has a different fees. You know, it's like okay, Ben Jones charges this much, and he has a manager. Byron Cherry charges this much. He has a manager. Um, John Schneider has a manager. So that's how it works, and. And then okay. you know, we got this tour going. We got the Good Old Boys tour doing. And I'm telling you what, if if you guys, you fans, there's a show in Virginia. There's a I'm doing several shows this summer, but the biggest, hugest Dukes of Hazard show in the world is coming up um, in Shenandoah, Virginia. Uh, I think it's the first week in July, July 11th and 12th. You have to look it up. Just look up Shenandoah uh, Cooters. Go to Cooter's place in Shenandoah, and and that is in July. No, it's in August. I get mixed up because I have a couple bunch of shows going. So, um, but it's going to be absolutely. They're going to do a, a a generally jump. If you never saw a jump, 
They, my friend Ray Khan is going to jump a car. They're going to have a couple other rollover cars. There's going to be a, a live stunt show. And that is it. Just go to Cooter's Place, and all the details are there. That's that's the best way to find out all the information, how to get your tickets. And you literally feel like you're in Hazard County again. <laughs> uh, Byron Terry is our guest here. We got uh, – well, we got about 25 minutes here left with uh, Byron. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest? Probably one of the greatest Dukes in the history of the Dukes of Hazard. Well, yeah, yes, he was. I mean, I I watched the Dukes of Hazard for years. I loved that show. I mean, those those people were some amazing people that I'm sure that you had the opportunity to work with. I mean, um, what was it like? I mean, you know, to be around Ben Jones. You know, I mean, I've seen Ben Jones in so many different other movies and TV shows and. I mean, he always cracked me up. He Cooter was just like one of the funniest guys I'd ever seen ever in my life. I mean, what was it like to work with him? Yeah, no, he was yeah fantastic. I mean, yeah, we stayed in touch to this day, and he's um, um, he he has a, he's the one he has the Cooter stores like one in Nashville. He has like three 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 or four of the Cooter stores, and um. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend if you're ever in that area. To, but Cooter was fantastic to work with. Just a great guy, very helpful. He had more experience than I did when I came on the show. So I'd always go to him. And then uh, you also remember Roscoe P. Coltrane. Roscoe. Oh yes, James Vest. James. I mean, he was. Yeah. <laughs> and I love and I love I loved his dog Flash. I mean, I have a basset hound, well, so I love. Flash, Flash was just—I love Flash. I mean, he just loved that, that dog so a, much. I used to sneak that dog doggy treats, and I never would tell the owner because he'd, he'd like he'd smack me. He goes, "You don't get, ever give my dog doggy treats," and I'm going, "Yeah." So I'd like, I'd go to the the little, uh, you know, the little place would get food. Where I forgot what they call it—the little the little thing there, trailer that you go get a hot mm-hmm. dog with. So I'd cut up, I'd cut up little hot little wiener bits and give them. He's a wiener dog to me, and I'd give him, <laughs> and I'd sneak him a little treats, and he'd catch me and he'd yell at me. But he was kind of like, "Oh, that's cool. I can't believe I love that dog. That was such a cool dog." But Roscoe and then Benja, all those guys, uh, Uncle Jesse, just a sweetheart, and they taught me a lot. Yeah, because I was I was really green, you know, like green meaning I had no, I had done some commercials out of Atlanta, Georgia, my hometown. And I've done a bunch of, and I was actually modeling and basically breaking into commercials, and then, and then I end up on this TV show, you know, called Dukes of Hazard, and I'm going, whoa, what do I, what do I do now? Well, how do I do this? What do I? <laughs> so, but I was in film school and I was training, you know, so I had some experience in just mm-hmm. technique and acting. So, um, but those guys, those guys, the ones, you know, said, loosen up, you know. Go over here and, and meditate, and you gotta, you know, say it this way, say it that way, and and it took me, you know, about two weeks in a production, and and you, and you had time to rehearse, and these guys, they, you know, they wanna, they really were very helpful because they're, you know, you look at some of their careers like Uncle Jesse and Ben Jones and Roscoe, uh, you know, Roscoe P. Coltrane, I, I still call him Roscoe, <laughs> James. No, you know, you, you, were, you, know, you were also with. Sorrow book now didn't he like didn't he like oh, speak oh, like oh. 27 different languages uh at least seven 
I mean, that's I think at seven is really accurate. Like he was a oh my god, he was amazing. Bob Hog. <laughs> Burrell, but he, he was just so funny. They used to throw Chris and I who played Vance to Christopher Mayer, great guy, love him. He died, and we missed him. Yes. Yeah, yeah we great, guy, great, great, great. And he, uh, we, they used to kick us out of the room because we'd laugh so hard. You know, they'd say, "Okay, sit over there, Roscoe and Boss going to do a scene," but we, it, they were just, they were so funny. You know, and we laugh. You can't laugh off camera. <laughs> they'd throw us out of the room. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. Well, I got so, a funny uh, story to share. I got a funny story to share about John okay, Snyder. He he was actually in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a few months ago, and and some of my friends, very good friends, actually had the opportunity to meet him. And their son Dylan is um, has Down syndrome, and he's like 15 now. But he was dressed up like Enos. He had the kind of sheriff hat like Enos wore, and he you know he was dressed up in a, like a sheriff's costume. Right. And John uh-huh. Snyder came out and looked at Dylan directly. He says. Oh, hey man, we gotta go find Roscoe. Where's Roscoe at? <laughs> I mean, Dylan just absolutely loved John Snyder. I mean, he just he thought that was so great that that he recognized him like that. You know, what I mean, but he was he was dressed up just like Enos would dress up with the round and the hat that Enos wore and everything, and it was just that, phenomenal. So I mean, yeah, See, John, yeah, John, yeah, John. All the, all those, I think, I mean, all the cast members are just, I think that they're just so amazing, and I, it's just a blessing for me to, you know, I miss being on it as, you know, originally, and that's just the way the good Lord works, you know, it wasn't meant for me to be, but then all of a sudden I end up on the show, I said, I'm going to get on, you know, I used to sit back and watch the show, John and Snyder and all those guys on the show on Friday night with my mom, and I'm going... That's got to be the way I can get on that show. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going to do it. I am going to get on that show. And then I get a phone call, you know, four years later after uh, Bo and, you know, John and Tom and Daisy Duke and the show was a hit from my same agent going, hey, you want to get on a – you want to audition for Duke's Hazard again? I'm going, yeah, right. I hung up. Hung up on my agent going, yeah, that's really funny. She calls back, Byron. Seriously, they're coming back, and Warner Brothers coming back to audition. They want to see you. I'm like, they want to see me? Why? <laughs> so I, I was just so – I didn't believe anything. And finally it hit me. I went, oh, my God, they want to audition me for John and Tom? So they that's when they left the show. For, uh, they were suing Mer- uh, Warner Brothers for merchandising and uh, uh, Snyder and Wopat for the, you know, like lunch boxes and they – they feel like they're getting take. I don't know the whole story about all that. But, well, the, the, you know, there the original two. deal was they tried to say that Warner Brothers tried to say that the Starley show was uh, the General Lee because uh, everybody wanted a General Lee toy. But not to take anything away from you guys, but when you guys came on, you know, the story is, of course, the ratings kind of dipped a little bit. But I don't think that was your fault. I think it's because they uh, – you know, they had Cletus on. I think he's the one that brought the ratings down, not you guys. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about the – yeah, yeah. they say everything about the, the ratings this, ratings that. They were just – I think Warner Brothers just like said, okay, we're done with the show. Let's move on to the next. <laughs> it went for almost seven years, you know. That's amazing. That's amazing. Most shows don't make it, you know, through pilot season. <laughs> so – 
But yeah, no, I, you know, I hear all that. And it's funny because, you know, when you're, you know, people are, you know, when you go to these um, shows and people, the fans want to ask you questions, you know, they go, you know, yeah, yeah, you were the stand-in, and yeah, you were the, you know, you. I hear all kind of stuff, and I, I've actually, people go, yeah, well, you know, when you came on the show, I, I quit watching. <laughs> I laugh. Now, do you oh, hate man. that? Do you dislike no. that when they say that? I think it's fantastic. I love it, because I laugh, and then and they end up spending 50 bucks. <laughs> Icon, you're the only person who can't deal with any negativity. I don't do negative. Well, I laugh. I laugh. Turn it well, around. Well, that's true. I can. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest, Byron? Show we got about uh, twenty minutes here left with Byron. Well, Byron, you mentioned even though you're in California now, you mentioned your hometown was Atlanta. Um, do you feel like having been from the South? It was easier for you to do a show like that, sort of, because you know the lifestyle and you know sort of how things go down there. Um, or I, I mean, more so than somebody like I'm. I'm in New York. Somebody, if they drafted, right. you know, somebody or, or casted somebody from New York, having to do that show, would there have been more of a learning curve, or do you feel like it was? It would have been the same for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I just I was born and raised and meant to be for that show and any other show that I mean I, I literally can play any I mean as an actor I mean now because I've done so much more training now and stuff you know I can I can play any character if you whatever you tell me to do I'll do it and um, in most cases but uh, yeah so being my I had a great accent I had the authentic southern accent you know and um, uh, I was just a true southern boy and and when I did the audition in Atlanta, Georgia, at my agent's like her off, little office, I was just in there in a room with a little video camera. And I'm telling you, it for you people that want to be actors and and audition, you have to go out there and audition and stuff, you know. And um, it was the worst audition in my life ever. I went in there and I forgot my lines. I studied my butt off. And I forgot my line. I totally screwed up. And I just started laughing, you know, just like going, this is funny. And there is no way, no way I'm going to get this part. There's no way. So I get home. When I get home, my phone's ringing. And it's my roommate going, Byron, you're going to Hollywood tomorrow. You got you got a screen test with uh, Daisy Duke for Duke. I went, yeah, right. And I hung up on him again. I, 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 I'm good at hanging, hanging up on people because. You know, I don't. You know, I got kids. A lot of my friends are jokesters. You know, they kid me all the time, like I kid. And so I hung up on him. He calls back, Byron. You're going to Hollywood for a screen test. You God swear you're going to Hollywood. <laughs> so it's a crazy business. So you just gotta, you know, you gotta. I, my odds are, to this day, right now, if I go to L.A. and, and audition. As a, if you're a musician or a writer or a producer or whatever it is, a director, any phase of the business, if I go out ten times, I might get one job. So that's one out of ten. So that's ten percent. So yeah, you gotta, you know, you, you know, you gotta just keep, you gotta keep going, keep plugging, and making those con networking is huge in this business. You know, just meeting people. And don't piss anybody off. <laughs> you know, don't. Now, 
when you guys found out. When you guys huh? found out that, uh, you know, Bo and Luke were coming back, Tom and John were coming back, now, did you already start practicing for that week's show, or did they redo the script there, or did they already have a script written for a show when they did come back? Yeah, they, they um, yeah, we, <laughs> we got, we were going... When we were going home for uh, – we got a Christmas break, right, about two days, Christmas, and then they had to be back the day after or something for film. And they – when we leave, they – Warner Brothers, the producers, Paul Picard, and all the big wigs called us in and said, you know, we got some good news and bad news. I said, oh, yeah, give me the – you know, give me the bad news first so I can – you know, meditate and figure out the good news. And <laughs> so it, it wasn't – well, it was bad news. The good news – oh, the good news was, hey, you're doing one more show with called Welcome Back, Bo and Luke. And the good news is you're going home for Christmas. And I'm like, oh. I mean, these are the producers, like, in Warner Brothers, and they're giving me a ticket to fly home back to Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm like, oh, that's great news. So we're doing one more show, and we're – you know, off the show. Uh, they didn't really answer. That was kind of what. No, no, no. I'm sure we'll keep it around. Whatever. So we go home, and and then actually Snyder, John was, John was nice enough to call me, and because we always stayed in touch and, and always stayed great friends. And he goes, Byron, just let you know, I got word because they're still in that lawsuit thing with merchandising, whatever it was. And uh, I stay, I stay out of stuff like that. And they, he said, we're, hey, Byron, when you come back after Christmas, we're doing one more show. And I think that I think they're writing you guys off. I don't know, but I think they might be. But don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of you. You know, he was, he was really cool. So we did. It. So we come back and we do one more show. Welcome back, Bo and Luke. And then, I mean, it was great. We just did the, did the show together. We knew that they were writing us off. I think they wrote it off before the first commercial. You saw it. You saw, you guys probably saw it. Welcome back, Bone Lewis. And then, uh, but but it was cool because I got to meet Tom Wopad and you know the whole thing. And 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 but they did literally write us off. And but Warner Brothers was nice enough to hold me under contract for another year, a little over like a year, at least a year, man. So that was nice. Well, you guys so the other thing I was kind of curious now, you know, you mentioned Christmas, but you know that the show that uh, the final show that you guys were on aired a couple months after that. How my question is, what was your um, what uh, how far in advance did you guys film each episode? Um, we did. Well, we filmed, I mean, we filmed back to back once we started production. It was five days. You know, five days of filming, and you had you had the weekends off. Five days of filming, weekends off, five all the way through. And then we did cartoons. We'd go over at night at Hanna Barbera and do cartoons. You know, when the time came. But uh, and then you had your sec- first unit was the actors. Second unit was the stunt guys. So you had two units going all day long. You know, literally twelve, fourteen hours a day to make one episode. So a lot of hours. And back then, I think they, I think they spent, I think they spent about a, I'm not, I don't have the, you know, exact figures, but I heard, you know, around a million back then, about a million episodes probably they spent back then, back in the day, but I don't know. Um, 
but it's a lot of money back then, back in the you know eighties, early eighties. Now I did, I got to know you. You mentioned that I was going to bring this up, and I appreciate you segueing segueing to it. What is it like doing a Saturday morning cartoon? What is that like? What goes into that? You got to tell us about that. Oh, the cartoons were fantastic. We went to we'd film all day. Say you know they make it a shorter day, like ten hours, and then you go straight to Hanna Barbera over on uh, it was in Hollywood somewhere over there. <laughs> I when I used to live down there. Um, and then literally we'd be there, we'd shoot three episodes in one night, and you're basically in a sound studio, and you sit in a semi a semi circle with, uh, and then then all the directors and producers are behind a a window, exactly like almost exactly like you're recording a song. I I'm not a singer, so but you know what I'm talking about. Um, right. But but. So you would sit out there, and then I'd be it'd be me, Boss Hog next to me, Daisy Duke on the right side of me, and James Best. So you're in this semicircle, and then uh, and they didn't use all the cast members. They use I don't think they used uh, Rick Hurst, and he wasn't in them, and I'm not I think a couple others. I'd have to look at them, but but they were so much fun because we'd go there and do three episodes in one night, which would take about take about uh, two hours an episode. So we'd we spend six hours, you know, after working twelve hours that night, and then uh, I think we did thirteen episodes. And then when John and Tom came back, they did they did uh, I, I think about uh, probably I'm not sure ten. I haven't seen all their episodes. I only watch mine. <laughs> 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 anyway, so that's a good question. Though. I love because that, that was fun though. The cartoons were hilarious. I think that my kids love them today. I got kids, and, and they to this day they watch them. They go, they're just cute. They're very cute. How, how many kids do you have? If you can tell us, I have four. I was married before though. But I got one in North Carolina, one in Georgia. I got two. They're remarried. I got a thirteen-year-old daughter, Faith Cherry, and then I got um, Chris Cherry. He's a uh, eighteen, like a Semi surfing pro, um, yeah, he's am- they're amazing. We fish. No, I'm, kind of here, we- I'm kind of curious. So, was you when you had kids in school, okay, and uh, their teachers found out that their father was Coy uh, Coy Duke? Did they uh, did they send notes home to have their parents sign them because they they did something bad that that wasn't bad, but they just wanted your autograph on a teacher's note? No, <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, maybe, but but the little they send me to this day, they every day of my life they they come home with uh, at least two or three or four or ten people with a, a list of of people that want autographs. You know, like oh oh so and so my teacher wants an autograph. Okay, and then 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 her receptionist, you know, and then her and then her kids want an autograph. You know. Uh, you know the picture of you sliding across the general lane. You know that one, and you know I keep. I have to keep a lot of pictures stocked up because, you know, I'm on the road quite a bit, and uh, and I have to have them. So, but I, you know, I was get, I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, then I'll sign, yeah, and then I'll get their names, you know. So, I'm like, give me a list of names, you know, and I'll just and I'll sign them that night. Like tonight, I would sign them, give them to them, and they take them to the teacher or whatever. It's so funny. You know, so it's just like it's just like part of your life, you know, part of your you just 
it's I love doing it. I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I love it. <laughs> for for those of us that don't know, what is the cure for carpal tunnel tunnel syndrome? <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking of autographs and, and our fans knew this was coming We got Byron Cherry on here Probably uh, my two favorite Dukes I'm not just saying this because you're on But my two favorite Dukes will always be John Schneider and Byron Cherry Because I, I love the blonde guys Because I was never a blonde So that's that's the main reason We got Byron Cherry We got about uh, 13 minutes here left Give or take uh, If I were to send you an address Do you think you can send us some uh, autographs for giveaways? Oh, absolutely. Oh, are you kidding me? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be, I'd love to do that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll send you, and they're they're not cheapies. I'll, I'll send you some nice, you know, nice, uh, you know, hand-signed autographs. You know, not, not a lot of people, they, you know, I don't know what they call them. They print them, and, and but mine are, you know, I'll, I'll send a, actually a picture of me signing them. <laughs> Cause well, that'd be it's cool. It's funny because... because uh, I, I did send you a check in the mail for the payment for the autographs. Just don't cash it because it might bounce. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you know, I'll just I'll give it to my wife. She'll uh, she won't cash it anyway. She's <laughs> yeah. No, like, yeah. Um, tomorrow would be a good time to just send me an address and how many how many photos you need and stuff. All right, I'll and then you, I'll send you, I'll send you a care package. You know, some uh, photos and, and uh, that'd be cool. That's awesome. Now, I, I'm kind of curious. Now, when you – speaking of sliding across the hood, how many different times did you slide – have to practice sliding across the hood? I mean, you, you don't have to admit this if you don't want to, but was there any time that you, as you were sliding across, you just, like, fell flat down and down and out, or did you just have it yeah. right away? Yeah, well, well I was um, uh, fortunate enough to be – I was all I was trained and uh, started young and uh, like martial arts and karate. I got my black belt when I was 18, and and I was always jumping and kicking. I still do this day, you know, um, training karate and and then I was in gymnastics and springboard diving. So I was very, very and I played. I had a scholarship in football to college, so as a running back. So I was extremely busy and athletic. So the slide thing came very, very easy to me. But um, there's one picture that my favorite, <laughs> my favorite picture, uh, uh, bestseller is a picture of me sliding across the General Lee, and it took literally a photographer sitting there going, "Okay, look, you know." So I ran and slid out of the Hazard Police Station, right, right, in, right in Hazard Square in front of the uh, Warner Brothers Police Station back in the day when it was Hazard County. So I ran and slid, look up, take a picture, 28 times. And I would just literally fall off of General Lee and land on my freaking head and face and this and that. I was so beat up. So none of that gymnastics and any of that stuff helped me at all. Because, But the 28 takes, I got one. I looked up and had the, the right, he said, that's perfect. That's the smile I want. And that's the that's my favorite picture right there. It's a me sliding across the original General Lee. In, in the background, it says Hazard Police Station, and it is a great picture. I'm telling you, that's the one. <laughs> now, now, you but, said you never got to jump in a car, but you did get to drive the car, though. Yes. 
Yeah, we got. Oh yeah, we got. We got to drive. Oh, um, that's like you know what's funny. The Warner Brothers. If to decide the, I don't know how it works. I don't know how that works. You know, in house in within these big studios. You know, they're so fancy. But I love them. But I don't know how it works. But um, whoever drove the generally the most, I am not kidding, got the most fan mail. So if I in the beginning I drove more than Chris, like say Vance do, and the same thing happened with John Snyder and Tom Wopat. John drove more, he got more fan mail. I drove more, I got more fan mail. So I they literally one of us had a meeting, called us in this big office, you know, and goes, okay, we got we got a problem. Uh, Coy Duke's driving me. I'm driving more than you, Chris. Is it okay if we let you guys drive the same? And I'm going, you guys, why are you guys asking us this? Just write it in there and we'll do it. We're actors. <laughs> so I'm telling you, that is what, that was, blew me away. I, I had, I was in shock. I went, seriously? So the General Lee, I'm, I think the General Lee got as much fan mail as Daisy Duke. I think Daisy Duke and the General Lee got the most, absolutely, without a doubt. Next, I don't know. I'd say I'd say the blonde headed guys and, and then down and then on and on. But Roscoe, my favorite or or Boss Hogg and Roscoe. You just can't you can't beat those guys. They were just so funny. They made Now did Flash ever get any fan mail? Who's that? Flash? Oh yeah. Oh my god. I got I got eight by ten. I got eight by ten that I send out when people write me for a flash autograph. I got an autograph from Flash with Paul Prince that I literally send to them. And uh, I, I usually have a bunch of stuff on eBay, you know, that I sell and stuff, you know, just pictures and stuff, you know, because shipping is getting so expensive and crazy, you know. I just can't just send free stuff, you know, all around the world too much anymore because it gets so pricey. And uh, But I ain't done, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to crank up and get eBay going again because I got so much stuff I can I put on there for the fans, you know, just pictures of Flash and Boss Hog and cast member shots and all kind of stuff. And it's, well, fun. You know, it's fun. Speaking of pictures, you know, uh, the icon made you a cool little collector's card with uh, your uh, your little picture in the corner with Byron Cherry, and then you uh, uh, the older version of you uh, in the General Lee. What did you think of that picture that the icon made for you? Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, fantastic. I, I think it's yeah, I love it. Yeah, because I am, you know, you know, we do get older. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're looking at me in the seventies, the early eighties, and you look now, you're looking at me at the, in the sixties. You know, sixty something years old. So, but you're right. Like you said, I do look younger, right? <laughs> you do, and I'm not just saying that because you're on either. But you know, you're awesome, and uh, you know, if. Uh, you know, if we haven't scared you away too much, uh, you know, we would love to have you on again uh, because uh, right now we have uh, around 5,000 people listening to this segment right now, and there's there's still questions flooding in, and we would love to have you on the show again, and we probably we won't write you off the show like uh, the Duke of Hazard did. We'll probably write you back into the show. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Can you like, you guys give uh, send uh, Warner Brothers a letter and just say, hey, we're we're still waiting for that uh, return.
return of Coin Vans Duke. We're waiting for them. <laughs> hey. Well, I'll tell you no, what, we'll I, start putting their inbox now. <laughs> yeah, send them a letter. Yeah, no, we, yeah, I got, so I got a, um, uh, fans appreciate that. We got a fan, a friend of mine's doing, uh, I'm playing, a, I'm actually playing a deputy, which is a good old boy. And the kind of the working title is, it's about some, a family running moonshine, but it's a faith faith based movie, and the family runs moonshine, and uh, it's called like Backyard Moonshine Boys. But um, it, it's the script's fantastic, and they the part I'm playing they're actually playing Enos Enos's part, and they got Sonny Troyer playing like a FBI agent. He's in it, and then I think they got Larry Wilcox from Chips or one of those guys. Chips. Um, or start start one of those guys in there, um, but we should be filming this summer if everything goes right. But it's a really well, we'll, we'll the definitely, We definitely want to have you on to tell us about that when you guys start filming, if your schedule allows it. Yeah, I know. I know more in about a month. About a month. But um, awesome. Yes. So you guys go to if you guys go to if anybody if anybody out there has um, any ideas on shows and car shows and. I love doing car shows, just getting out there and uh, give them my, give them my, um, how to get in touch with me. I don't really well, yeah, I was just that if our fans wanted to get in touch with you, do you have a Facebook, you got a Twitter, you got a YouTube, Instagram, GoFundMe, what do you got? Yeah, Facebook is Byron, uh, Byron Cherry, just my name, Byron Cherry. And they send a confirmation, say, hey, I heard your show, you better confirm me, and, and I'll do it. And then, um... Then, then as far as like my bu- my business one for booking shows and stuff, you know, if you're interested in bringing me in into like your town and doing a car show or a fundraiser, I do a lot of stuff for cancer, cancer benefits and all that stuff. It'd be um, decoyduke at gmail dot com. T H E C O Y like my character Duke D U K E at gmail dot com. All right. Beautiful. Well, so, what, uh, we do have about a minute left here before they kick us off. So, um, but <laughs> it is amazing to get to talk to one of the, you know, to get to talk to one of the uh, that has it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You guys are in uh, Texas, right? No, uh, I'm, no in I, I'm, I'm in New York. I come to North Dakota, and Granny's in, I believe, Arkansas, but currently she's sitting in Kansas. Oh, okay. <laughs> All over the place, yeah. Uh, Geographical triangle. <laughs> I I That's live awesome. in Springdale, Arkansas. I live in Springdale, Arkansas. Okay. Uh, I love I, I love yeah I love to visit love to travel and yeah, I was just in Ohio I was just in Louisiana and it always seems to be raining when I go there but it's never raining here hardly ever <laughs> in California. <laughs> We well, always okay, need we'll, we'll rain. Start, we'll start some rain your way then. Hey, please do. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, let's All right. Awesome. Yeah, when you guys want to do a follow-up, just send me, um, you know, send me your hello like you do and give me a heads up and give me a time like you did and uh, I'll be call. I'll call you back and that'll be cool. Sounds Thanks, good. Byron. You're awesome, man. Thanks for you, being man. on. You're Thank welcome. You. And all the- Hey, you know what else? I think we'd all on three. We're gonna all do a yeehaw. You ready for the pan? Ready? One, yep. two, three. Yeehaw! yee-haw!
Just feels good. Yeah, I'm not doing that. All right, have a good, I know. Have a good night. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the 100th show ending with a Dukes of Hazard member. What a great way to end a Memorial Day show. One of the top American TV shows, uh, all American. Good old boys. Granny Hoekster, icon, big swing. Uh, you didn't miss anything. If you, if, if you know you missed Raw listening to the show, trust me, you didn't miss much of anything. We will see you guys <clears throat> next week. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it. Always finish last. But that ass is always kicking.